Hi, this is Tina Guo, and you are listening to The Sound Architect. Yeah, this is Alex at The Sound Architect and I'm joined by Tina and congratulations on completing the first leg of your Hans Zimmer tour and agreeing to talk to us on your short break before you're off again, although I'm sure a break for you isn't really a break at all. <laughs> Thank you so much. Actually, no, um, going on tour is the break, is the vacation. Real life is exhausting but, but fun, so thank you. Um, I think you have your World of Warcraft video due to be filmed in a few days. Uh, to, to Oh, tomorrow morning, actually. Oh my gosh, wow, good luck with that. Thank you. Um, Yeah, from your recent album, Game On, and then back on tour again to America and Canada, right? (laughs) Yes, that's right. Um, So let's talk about your music video since that's coming up, because you have quite a few very cool video game, like mini movies, like the Skyrim and the Zelda and the Pokemon video. Um, How do you come up with the ideas for these kind of videos, and how do you fit it with the music that you've remixed or written? Um, well, I love shooting music videos, first of all, because I feel like, you know, as a kid, my, my parents, we were, they were very frugal. Um, and so for like Halloween, I never had a costume. I never had any costumes. And I just remember just being so like envious and wishing that I could dress up and whatnot. So I think it's kind of like manifested itself into my adult life where I just am looking for any excuse to dress up as ridiculously as possible. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I always have these like different, you know, and for me, I feel like, you know, art and music is not just what you hear. I mean, I know this is a sound architect, but it's also visually, you know, what you show with your, with, um, cause you know, all of our senses have to be stimulated, I think. Um, so I, I just love like dressing up. I love to kind of explore what, um, what type of looks or characters. And I, I for, for the most part, I try to do kind of my own versions, not, um, direct, you know, cosplay. Although I guess the, uh, the Legend of Zelda video was it was pretty you know like an exact copy except I'm Asian and you know Zelda it's okay um (laughs) it's just so much fun and for Zelda I I like I for the most part have found all of my own uh costumes and stuff myself like sometimes on Amazon sometimes on Etsy or like different places and um and I really enjoy that process and I I also until very recently until like the last two videos um I also like directed everything myself produced it did the editing um because it's all for me it's like it's all uh, a part of the music it's like it doesn't just finish with the song it finishes once you you create like a visual um kind of home for it also um and so yeah and the uh, let me see. So for this last album, I did the Skyrim uh, music video. And for that one, I worked with an amazing team. It's the same team that's shooting uh, the new World of Warcraft video tomorrow. Um, and they're both high fashion photographers. And so like the look is a little bit more, um, a little bit less like, I don't know how you say it, like cutesy uh, and more of like a like fashion editorial look, which I think is fun. And, um, and we have a great team of like stylists and whatnot that we work with. And so it's definitely more of like interpretation. Um, inspired by the video games you know so uh yeah i'm just i'm super excited tomorrow I'm, I'm dressing up as a night elf um and also as a dark lady i cannot wait to be like painted in blue purple body paint i have like a really long again white contacts and all that stuff so oh, i'm really excited <laughs> i mean i can't believe i actually get to do that for um you know as like my job it's pretty it's pretty amazing so yeah you must have so many jobs like on top of being a composer and cellist just around that 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely believe um, that being a musician or actually anything, you know, in the modern world today, you really have to be able to, because everything's so interconnected, um, you know, the young people growing up now, because I'm 30, I'm almost 32, um, but, <laughs> you know, all those young kids growing up now, you know, they grew up around so much technology, there's so much direct and free access to endless amounts of knowledge, there's tutorials for everything, you can literally learn how to do anything, you know, Um and it's it's really I think it pushes I think it's a great thing it pushes people for us to evolve to the next level to like uh, to fully reach our self actualization you know to discover everything that we could possibly learn how to do ourselves and be self sufficient and um, be go getters and so I think uh, I think it's super fun and I, for for me personally um, you know one side I of course I love the the music the art the passion and all of that but I also love like the very uh, all the logistical business stuff money like finances all, I I also really really like that because I think being good at business and being good at um uh yeah like your personal finances that's also a form of art you know so everything's art um and yeah 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 so I guess I just try to do everything although sometimes it does start to get a little out of control because you run out of um time and brain power but (laughs) I try yeah I just try to do as much as I can oh that's so interesting I have to say um I bought your new album Game On the day it was released and had it on in my car, um, driving to oh, work in the mornings. <laughs> thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, it's really good for getting pumped on the way to work, to be honest. <laughs> oh, thank you. As long as it doesn't make you violent. No, not too much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But I wanted to ask how you choose what tracks to include on that album, like from your favourite game things or from your favourite to play, like when you sit down and play games or from the music, like what went into your decision process from what to include and what not. Yeah, yeah, definitely a combination of both. I've been very lucky to uh, have been able to play on some game scores, um, you know, to work with Blizzard and to work with, like, I think probably most of the um, the major, like, game developers. So I, I definitely, well, the first song, actually, that I knew I really wanted to do was uh, Journey, because um, my very dear friend, one of my oldest friends, Austin Wintry, you know, wrote the music for that, and uh, I this. I think it came out years ago. It's been quite a while, right? Um, but I really, I really love that. I love the whole process, and um, I always thought it would be really interesting to do my own version, not too different from the original, but you know, to kind of expand on it and do my own version. So we did that. Um, uh, some of it, like I have never played uh, World of Warcraft myself. Um, I did play a lot of Zelda and Super Mario, so it, it was really like a combination of the stuff that um, the game that I played growing up, uh, some of the scores that I've actually played on, like for the actual game, uh, and then just like Final Fantasy. I mean, you, you can't possibly leave that out. There's so much amazing music. Um, so it was really like a, a mishmash of everything and originally um we were i think we met only to have nine tracks and then 10 and then 11 and then 12 and then at 13 i'm like oh my god we have to stop you know it's going to be a double double album so we managed to stop at 13 um and i added in uh, the witcher 3 and i i don't know what it is i think in another lifetime maybe i like played in like a tribal sounding like a very tribal band with all these like cool like viking ancient instruments or something because like that that score um i'm so obsessed with just like musically i could listen to that all day long so i really wanted to do that um so yeah it's really like i think every track had had i mean i I could talk forever about it you probably don't want to hear all the details um but for every track there's some kind of like obsessive like oh my god we have to do that for you know whatever reason um <laughs> but, but i managed to stop at 13 so so it was okay maybe you can have a double album in the future yeah i mean there's 
so much music. We could always do another one um, yeah, later. Yeah. And my favourite track um, was the Super Mario medley, and especially the part of the track where it heads into heavy metal territory. Yeah, it's <laughs> so cute. it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I love that part too. <laughs> yeah, I, I also try because I'm I'm really uh, I'm super passionate. I would say if I had to choose one genre, it would be industrial metal. Um, so I really I really try to work in there wherever I could, wherever it, w- it kind of made sense. Some like heavier, you know, heavier stuff to work in with the symphonic and like choral arrangements and whatnot. Um, so I'm I'm very happy to hear that you liked it. Yay! So I wonder, since you're into heavy metal and industrial metal, like what inspirations that you listen to do you bring into your work particularly? Um, well, my one, I tend to be a little bit obsessive and then I obsess only over like one particular thing. So my obsession uh, is Rammstein and oh, nice. I actually like the very first music video that I made, which was, uh, it was in 2009, uh, so eight years ago, uh, called Queen Bee. It was like a heavy, kind of a metal version of uh, uh, Flight of the Bumblebee. And my entire goal, I like spent all of my life savings, which is not that much money at the time, but I spent everything. Like I didn't have money for like rent or food. I was like, I don't care. I just have to do this video because I need to put it up on YouTube so that Rammstein can see it and maybe they'll ask me to play with them. Um, <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, but I'm still working on it. Like seriously, I'm still working on it. I don't want to like be pushy. I don't like to. I I don't like to reach out to people directly because I feel like it's. I don't know. I don't want to like. I want I want them to like somehow find out about me and then ask me. So I'm just. I, I'm manifesting it. I'm working on it. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I re- I really I just love every. I love the music. I mean. I've, read some of the lyrics and they're a little extreme so I and but when I listen to it I don't understand what they're saying so it's more about like the the vibe or the feelings like the power and the aggression um but it's not like super screaming or or messy it's like very clean somehow it's like clean and um aggressive and like punchy um and you know the stage antics are very um fun and interesting to look at also (laughs) yeah I bet (laughs) uh but I, I you know I also take inspiration from um I listen to a lot of new age music, which is probably, you know, the opposite of that. Uh, I love Marilyn Manson. That's like, that was, he was the, the first, I think it was the first type like heavier music that I ever um, was exposed to. So I love Marilyn Manson. Um, I, I really like Sarah Brightman, <laughs> which it's always like the extremes, it's like super ethereal, angelic, meditate or like complete insanity. So it's like one extreme to the other. Um, I'm not too into, I don't really follow um, like pop music or like, uh, you know, I'm familiar with some of it, but I don't really, you know, I don't really listen to it. So it's either like super heavy industrial or cinematic music, which can also, it's oftentimes a blend of super heavy and like the symphonic orchestral stuff, which I love, um, or like the extreme opposite, you know. That's a good combination though. Um, You mentioned earlier about your family being quite frugal and I wanted to ask a little bit about your upbringing because you come from a very musical family and what was it like growing up in that and how did that journey lead to where you are now? Yeah, so both my parents are music teachers. My father is a cello teacher and my mom is a uh, a violin teacher. So I grew up in a very, very strict, uh, well, we're Chinese, so, you know, tiger parenting, um, but super strict, uh, super conservative, super everything, uh, uh, you know, a household. And so to be completely honest, I, I didn't have much of a, what you would 
I guess considered to be a normal childhood, maybe in Western terms. You know, I think in in um, in Asian families, even like some of my friends from the circus, which is a whole other conversation I have. But you know, who are from Russia or from who are training, who are from like uh, gen like twenty generations of circus families. Like basically, you grow up. Um, being trained, you know, being, it's like you're training to become a professional whatever at, at age 18 or, or even earlier. And so the focus is not so much on um, having fun or um, being a kid or like learning about like life or whatever, whatever it is people do, but it's like practice, you know, eight, 10 hours a day. And that's all you do. And you make sure you're the best and you have to be the best and you do competitions. And it, it was definitely a very um, stressful, it was really stressful. Um, I can't say that I was very happy uh, growing up, you know, it was a lot of like, repressed um repressed feelings i was really angry all the time i was really uh, t totally emo you know it was great for 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 um channeling you know aggressive stuff later on yeah. in life i think but um <laughs> yeah but I'm, I'm actually really grateful for it and i'm not just saying that because i have to it's like genuinely i've, I've gotten over it i'm you know in my, in my early 30s now so i had like a couple a decade to to kind of get over it but um I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am now if they hadn't forced me to practice so much. You know, I, I literally practice eight to 10 hours every day uh, from when I started at uh, seven, when I started the cello. Um, and so if you add in like full-time, like normal school on top of that and homework, like there really isn't time for anything else. So um, all I did was play uh, play cello, no, classical cello, and also piano. I also took piano lessons, so that was something else um, on top of it. Uh, but because of all those hours, you know, and that's literally all I knew how to do, um, like now all the muscle memory um, is, it's yeah, it's easier for me. I still practice, but I don't, I don't have to practice as much because it's like all of that, it's in your, it's like a physiological thing. It's not even. And, you know, it's like literally my, like my body had been growing up, had been like kind of molded, kind of like um, how contortionists in Mongolia, uh, they're trained from sometimes like from age three or five, they would start. And like they as your bones and as your body is growing, they like, you know, they, they force it into certain shapes, obviously, because it's not normal what they do. Um, and then you just kind of grow into like you, you're, you literally become that and that's like your entire being. So, um, I, I think for me, I was, I was like created to be a, a cellist and it wasn't, it wasn't my choice, you know, but, um, but now I'm so grateful for it because I was able to take that foundation. Uh, and of course not everybody who's forced to practice for millions of hours ends up, you know, they could end up doing a lot of different things. But, um, for me, I was able to kind of use that foundation of those tools and then realize, oh, wait, but I can also express myself you know, and my feelings and my own, you know, all the craziness in my head. I can use that kind of as a vehicle to express myself. Um, so, so yeah, that's like, that's, that was basically how my childhood was. It sounds intense, but good in the long run, I guess. Yeah, it, it was a little intense. So if I'm a little crazy now, you know. <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so you must have a seriously busy life how do you manage to stay sane and maintain like a good work home life balance because it can be a struggle for so many people to maintain that how many hours they're working and then things to relax and spend time with their family yeah you know like I think uh well for, for me again I, I really you know nature versus nurture of course some things are genetic and you know certain people are maybe naturally are more prone to, to be, um, able to learn certain things more easily. But I am a big believer in like, uh, in your upbringing and the way that you're trained and like all, all of that stuff, you know, after you're born and really determining like what you become or what you decide to make yourself. But, um, I think because I was, I was kind of like bred, um, cause I grew up in that type of environment. Uh, my 
dad especially. I mean, he's he's great. He's awesome, but he's a. I think he might be even more of a workaholic than I am, which you know is pretty crazy. But he's he's just like constantly like he has to be doing something or, I mean, I don't know, like he's just constantly running around. He gets up at like 3.30 in the morning. Um, he sleeps only a few hours. And then we uh, they live at, on the top of a hill in San Diego. And it's kind of like wild. Uh, there's a lot of like bushes and there's fruit trees and stuff, but it's like over an acre um, on the hill. And it's not like landscaped like smoothly. It's like all wild and stuff. So um, he's like uh, randomly planted all these like different trees and whatnot. So basically he like gardens outside by himself. He doesn't like hire any help for like two or three hours, you know, before the sun comes up. And then he, um, he also paints. So he usually averages like at least one to two paintings a day, like completely finished like oil or acrylic painting. Um, and then he also writes music. So he usually composes like a song a day, you know, for cello or violin or whatever. Um, and then he also has, I think 80 students. So 80 students a week. Um, so he's like teaching all day long. Like, I, I don't like, I'm exhausted thinking about it. So I think, I think I get it from, you know, being around that and also genetically being from that. Um, for me, I, I, yeah, I genuinely, I, my life now, it's, it's always like a struggle, of course, you know, and, you know, uh, uh, like lately, I think as a musician or as an artist or, you know, somebody who doesn't have maybe a, a more of like, like a defined nine to five job or whatnot, um, it is difficult to find the balance because some, a lot of things are not within our control. You know, you don't control when you get offered gigs or when you have opportunities or when, you know, you randomly suddenly sign a record deal, which I was not expecting at all. Not that I had like given up on that, but I just... I genuinely did not think that would ever happen for me. I was like, that's, you know, that's ridiculous. I'm just going to keep putting out my own music and it's fine. It's great. Um, and so when that happened, things have gotten, uh, and, and I signed last year and things have gotten, um, exponentially busier, but I think also everything else that I have been working on, you know, with like, uh, like scoring stuff and, um, and also performing and, you know, and then now with all the added stuff with the, with the new deals and whatnot, it's gotten super, super busy. So, um, I really haven't had a lot of uh, personal time recently, but I, but I actually do love, um, you know, to make music. I mean, the, like to sit in the studio like all day. I love it to make new music, to like make these music videos. So it's not actually, it's not like I hate it and it's like slave labor or anything. I'm like, I actually love doing it. Um, but finding the balance is is definitely, I think, something that everybody has to. I don't know, consciously think about it and, and it shifts, you know, I'm sure there'll be periods where I'll be suddenly less busy and then you kind of have to take advantage of it. Um, you know, this, this week we had uh, tw like 12 days on the tour break in between the Europe uh, and the North American Hans Zimmer tour. Um, so I, I was, you know, I've been going, like running around to meetings the entire time and like taking care of logistical things and, um, and I, but I did, I did manage to schedule in one day off. Uh, right. <laughs> Yay! Uh, on the 4th of July, and I really, I didn't think about work, I didn't think about music, you know, I went down to San Diego to my parents' place, I saw my best friend, her name is also Tina, um, and uh, she she just had a baby, adorable daughter, uh, three months old, so she had her, like, I think right before I left for the tour, so I wasn't able to, um, to meet her, and, you know, I was totally, like, a normal, uh, not normal, but just, you know, like a human being that's not attached to a cello for a day, and it was really nice, and I, I, I do wish I had more time to do that um, as of right now, but I also know that, you know, I'm, I'm 31. I'm, you know, I just got, you know, I just got signed. I just put out an album. There's so much stuff happening, so much stuff that I'm wanting to get off the ground. You kind of have to, um, there's like a sacrifice for everything, you know? Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, whenever I feel like things are getting too extreme, because I usually sometimes they do, you know, I'll get to the point where I'm, I'm really just like, about to have like a mental breakdown because I'm like, oh, my God, like I've done nothing but just work, you know, for like a month straight. Um, then that'll force me to kind of stop and then I'll take a few days off. And um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just being completely honest. It's not I don't think it's it, it's not easy to find a balance, you know, so um, but you, I try to go with the flow, you know, and see when, when I hit like a wall, I'm like, OK, I'm going a little too far. So I go back the other way. Uh, but overall, I'm I'm really genuinely like super happy. So that's um, so that's good. Even if I'm stressed out, I'm still like happy stressed out. You know, it's better than having nothing to do at all. Um, so this is always like a better option. Sure. Happy stress. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out, but I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, a fun question. What's the best show you've ever played and why? Um, oh my gosh, like it's, uh, you know, okay, this is really random and I'll probably have to give another answer after this one. But last night I was telling uh, a friend about this. this is like crazy. So back in the day before my career had really taken off and I was like broke and I had no money and I was getting most of my gigs, uh, all of my gigs through Craigslist, like when I was still in college at USC, um, you know, I, I was playing with like bands and doing recording sessions for like $20, like 20 bucks an hour. And, um, just really like doing anything that people would pay me for. And so technically, this, I guess, yeah, this was a gig. So this guy writes to me on Craigslist. I had to add up, like, cellist available, you know, for, for whatever. Um, and he told me that he wanted to propose to his living girlfriend. And he lived, really like, far from L.A. It was, like, an hour and a half drive away. Um, and he had $50. So it was, like, an hour and a half each way. It's a three-hour drive. And he said he wanted me to go to, his, to their condo high in a closet in, the uh, in like, the dining, dining room, living room area. It was, like, one area so that when she came home she would always go upstairs take a shower you know change and then come down for dinner and he would make dinner he's like yeah if you hide in the closet um and then she'll like come home she won't know you're there and then she'll go upstairs and then she'll come down and i'll be waiting for her at the bottom of the stairs on my knee i'm gonna propose and you're gonna be playing the box prelude you know the, the box song that everybody knows for cello and i was like completely like, now i'd be like whoa that's like really shady you could probably get kidnapped or like just disappear forever but i was so I just like didn't think about stuff like that. You know, I've always been kind of like, whatever, it'll be fine. So I went and I, I mean, it was fine because I'm still alive. So, um, so I drove an hour and a half out there with my cello. I get there. He's like, oh, here's and the closet was tiny. Like I literally like I was like stuck in between like all these coats. Right. And I had taken the cello out already. So the case was in there and the cello was in my hand. So I could run out and then she was late. So I was like in the closet for almost an hour and I still somehow wasn't I, I, it didn't cross my mind, like, oh, you know, this is a little bit strange. Uh, but eventually she did come home. Uh, she went upstairs. I heard her. He's like, oh, come on out. So I, like, ran out. I started playing cello. She came down. You know, he, he's on his knees. She's crying. They're really happy. I finished the song. It was only, like, a one-song performance. You know? <laughs> like, four, four minutes of the Bach prelude. He gave me $50 in cash. I remember it was a $50 bill. And to me, that was, like, an insane amount of money. I was like, what? $50? Like, this is the bomb, you know? Um, and then I drove back to downtown uh, when I was in college. And I don't know, I, I like that was a really fun memory. Um, it's probably not, you know, what you had in mind when you said like super fun gig, but um, that was a really, I think, interesting gig. And I had a lot of weird situations like that. Um, but as far as uh, I'm trying to think, like, what was the most uh, you know, all the, I have to say all these shows with Hans are absolutely amazing. Um, and I'll also never forget, I think the first time that I started playing arena sized venues, you know, going from, you know, going from an audience of two in a condo in a closet to playing in arenas, um, uh, the very first time 
was when I was in the Cirque du Soleil, the Michael Jackson, the Immortal tour. Um, I joined that in 2011 and it was like a, a touring show around the world and we played arenas worldwide. And I learned, I learned a lot about performance, about, um, you know, stage presence, about all of that from, you know, cause everybody's, you know, it's literally the circus. Um, and it was just the, the audience size. Like it was really like the very first show opening night was in Montreal because that's where uh, Cirque du Soleil is based. And I just remember looking out and seeing like a sea of, I don't know, it was maybe 20, 30,000 people. Um, and I remember just feeling like super grateful, like super like, I can't believe this is actually, you know, this is actually happening. I'm actually getting paid to like dress up like an alien and like run around playing electric cello um, in front of all these people. And there's free food and catering and like, oh my God. Um, so that, you know, I think certain certain times when like I reach like a new experience, like those are always very memorable. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do, I remember like every, everything, you know, that I've done. So, and, and uh, there's been a lot of randomly like super different experiences and, you know, all the classical concerts I used to do, um, as a classical soloist. So I did, I did that for now. Now I'm like mostly doing electric cello kind of like crossed over into other stuff. But, um, I remember all the classical concerts, which were amazing, but really high pressure because like the, you know, just the um, the energy, the vibe around that. It's, it's a very different genre of music. So I, I do remember I loved it, but I remember feeling always very um, like scared or like possibly judged or, oh, my God, if I mess up on one note, I'm never going to get it. No, I'm never going to like get hired again by orchestra. And so it was really, really high pressure. But um, all of it was, you know, all, all of it were uh, it was all uh, amazing experiences that I definitely wouldn't um, wouldn't want to forget about yeah that sounds really awesome like you must have so many stories like your guy in the yeah, closet uh, I, I somehow managed to kind of get myself in some interesting situations <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stories but um yeah yeah but it's it's uh it's good you know I at least say I think I was again I'm like I was making up for like literally being locked in a room you know until I was 18 so I was making up for that just by going completely crazy you know the other way so um yeah <laughs> gone to play bark rebelliously <laughs> yeah <laughs> right exactly um I follow you on social media and oh there was like a slight debate around the word feminist of probably like a few months ago. Um, oh, yes, yes, I do yeah. remember that. But I want to say, I personally think that you're an incredible role model for many people, and especially younger girls. And even in the UK here, until recently, even at GCSE level, there wasn't a single female composer on the curriculum. So people oh, like yourself, yeah. in my opinion, are incredibly powerful in the minds of younger girls to inspire them and maybe dream of being in your shoes one day. And the question is, what advice might you offer to a youngster who might be interested in a future career playing or writing music like yourself? Um, let's see, what advice? I Okay, I'm always brut brutally honest um, because I don't think it's very useful to say things that are nice and frou-frou and, oh, everyone's amazing. I mean, everyone is amazing. I, I genuinely believe that. However, if you're talking about specific specifically wanting to succeed in an extremely competitive and oversaturated market um, in anything, it could be, you know, it could be composing, it could be music, it could be whatever, like selling burritos, I'm not sure, you know? So um, you have to, uh, I think, 
putting in the work, putting in the hours, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. So if you're a musician, um, making sure that you practice so much, you know, to make sure that what, like when you sit down and you record or you perform that you never sounds a little extreme, but like you never mess up. Like there's no chance of you making a mistake because you've practiced. It's so like ingrained into you, you know, to make sure that the performance level or the functioning level is so high. Um, and this is just what I think just so that, um, to, because to, you, in the end, no matter how you package something, you know, of course I use, you know, the way that I look, the way, that, the fact that I'm a, a woman, you know, all of that, because it's, it's the entertainment business, but underneath that, underneath the wrapping, underneath all the, you know, the presentation, there has to be something there or it's not going to work, you know? So I think the, the core, like you really have to work really hard. It's not easy. You know, it might look like, oh, it's just running around doing stuff. Like, no, it's, it's a lot of hard work. So you have to, you know, uh, and, and again, it's a very kind of extreme way, mentality, but someone told me once um I was I think yeah I was in college I just got to college you're like Tina you know for every second you're not working somebody else is and I was like oh my god that's right for every second I'm like goofing off or not uh, not being productive and again this is also unhealthy if you take it to the extreme um but for every second you're not focusing on honing your craft on working on your career on doing whatever someone else is working really hard and they're hungry you know so um th there is room of course for for plenty of people. It's not like there can only be one, but you have to really uh, find a way to, if you want to do something, be serious about it. You know, it's either go all in or don't even bother, you know? So um, I think, and uh, if you're, if you're wanting to uh, form a career for yourself, there's, there's also so many different paths. You know, there are musicians that, uh, that play in the orchestras, that play in groups or, or singers that sing in the choirs. And that's what they are passionate about, you know, being a part of a, like an energy of like a big group of people and creating something together. Uh, and then there's people who prefer to work uh, solo, which like for myself, I prefer to work that way. Cause I like to, I don't know. I just, I, I like to feel like I have control over what I'm doing and to, you know, basically not have to listen to anyone, um, but, uh, or, or to, just to have one-on-one -on -one relationships with composers and people I'm working with. It's a, it's kind of a different thing, but not, not everyone likes that actually. So depending on what it is that you want to do and then, you know, figure that out and then figure out a way to, um, and, you know, figure out, find out what is valued in those, in those, um, environments and situations. And so for me, you know, I really wanted to be, I wanted to like form my own, I wanted to like be me and like, I want to express myself, you know, I want to, um, uh, like express everything that I want to like musically or artistically. And so you, you have to also think about like how you can make yourself um, not stand out. I mean, everybody again stands out, but really like hone in on what, what exactly it is that your, that your brand might be. Um, and I spent, you know, most of, most of my life so far being super confused about what I was. And, you know, people always used to tell me like, Tina, stop playing so many different kinds of music. Stop, you know, you're confusing people. They don't know, they don't, you can't like, no one can do all these different kinds of music. I guess I've always just been curious about doing everything and I didn't listen to them. And so now, um, it kind of worked out because now I'm, I have been able, I feel like I've been able to, um, you know, work in so many different environments and play with so many different uh, people, you know, different kinds of music, because that's just kind of what I naturally was inclined to do. And then I kind of focused on that. And that's kind of become, I don't know if that's my brand, but you know, it's like, it's like something. So, um, it's not a very clear answer, but I think it just, uh, uh, hopefully am I, am I confusing? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. It's quite interesting because there's often like a debate about being like a Jack of all trades, master of none, or like, cause and lots of people think that it's important to be specialised in just one area or whether you should be really versatile and do like loads of different things.
Yeah, I think I think it can be both. I think it depends on the kind of per- it depends on the person. You know, there are of course there's people that specialize in only one thing, and again, maybe that's the one thing that they're the most passionate about. Um, and then there are people who do everything. And for me, it's not just musically. You know, I I, I um, until until a few months ago, I was self managed, self agented. I negotiated my own deals. I didn't have a you know I don't, I don't have a lawyer. I um, like I like all all like every you know no publicist. I, I did everything myself. Um, so I think I just generally, maybe I'm just a bit of a control freak, and I didn't trust anybody else. I just learned how to do everything myself. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's about following what comes what more natural to you. Um, you know, and so. I yeah, uh, like every every person is so different. But the the one I think general rule that applies to everybody is you ha- you have to be serious about it. You know you have to really. Um, uh, I, I I'm not you know I don't want to use any specific examples, but oftentimes I will have other string players like uh, most of them local here to Los Angeles and girls you know female string players who will you know write to me and ask me for advice and ask me oh how did you get this gig and how did you do that gig and how did you you know and. You know, and I'll go to their Facebook page. And again, everybody is free to do whatever they want. It's not, I'm not being judgmental, but it's purely in a very scientific and analytical way. I'm, I'm explaining this, you know, so um, I go to their page and they're telling me that they're, they really want to, you know, they really want to do what I want to do. Like that's all they care about and they're passionate about it. Okay. And I go to their page and there's nothing about music. You know, it's them partying or like, you know, post, uh, which is fine. Like you could do whatever you want, but I feel like if you're really serious about something, your entire being, like you need to, because if you don't do it, there's other people who do, who are that passionate, who are that hungry. Um, and, you know, so so I would advise and I would ask them like, oh, do you have any samples of your playing? You know, do you have like a video? I mean, now literally like most of my videos I do on my iPhone, it takes not even two seconds to do it, you know? So there's no excuse. Um, do you have any videos of your playing? Oh, I don't, I don't have anything. I'm like, do you have any recordings? No, you know, I don't do recordings. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you, then you're really not that serious, you know? So I think, I think it's important to be a self, like a self starter, no matter what it is that you're trying to do. You know, even if you're trying to get like a, um, like a more of a, I don't know, not, not an orchestra job, right? I mean, like maybe like an environment where it's like a, a more of a regular situation where you're in a group. But even, even in that case, I feel like it's so competitive now because there's so many people that, um, that do it and that are passionate about it that you really, uh, you should too, like re- really, whatever you do, put all of yourself into something just to see how far you can take it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm done preaching. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's talk about the recent Wonder Woman film because that's been a, quite a big hit and celebrated as the first female superhero film. And um, what was it like to work on the music for that? Uh, it was really fun. I mean, the the main theme because the only thing that I played on um, for that film was was the main theme, and that Hans uh, Hans and I worked on that for you know Batman versus Superman. So basically, for Wonder Woman, they brought me back in, and I just played over a couple different scenes, and also without without a uh, picture, um, just like a lot of different versions and variations of the main theme. Um, so I kind of like noodle around, improvise around a little bit, and I have to tell you, this is really bad. I've been so busy that I haven't had time to watch the movie yet. Um, so I'm not I'm not even sure like what what takes they ended up using. Um, I know it's in there, you know, because I've heard people say things, but like I, I don't I I haven't seen it yet. So hopefully, yeah. maybe while we're on tour this next five weeks, there might be like a go watch the movie, and then I'll let you know what I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I was lucky enough to see you play at Vivaldiano, which was like the Rock Vivaldi at the Apollo. Oh. Oh, right. Yeah. 
Um, but we're also really looking forward to your game on tour. Um, your playing style and body language is really expressive and powerful. Um, how did you develop this? Because you talked a little bit about Michael Jackson, but how did you come to the decision to play so expressively and in a certain way compared to the more traditional classical cellist that maybe you did previously? Um, who's, I guess, the classical role is more as part of an orchestra, so they're not there to be noticed as much, whereas your like, on-stage persona is very at the front of what's going on. Right. Well, um, yeah, this is like super interesting. So again, you know, I keep saying like everybody's different, but we are all different, you know. So I think um, I'm I really dislike when people try to um, put like a, you know, a box on anything. So like you have to be super expressive when you play or you have to be you know, like visually expressive or whatever. Or you have to be very still and not take away from the music. And I always say like, no, stop telling people what to do and just focus on your own thing. You know, focus on yourself. Don't worry about other people. Um, so even when I play classical music, music like I'm still I you know in the past when I was doing more classical cello and I was touring as a soloist so not a part of the orchestra but like a guest with the orchestras um and in general I think there, there are a lot of solos who are a lot more I guess flamboyant if you want to say that or expressive because they're kind of like you know they're the featured thing but there's also plenty that are extremely um meditative or still when they play and it's also beautiful you know so um I again I, I just think everybody should just do whatever is natural to them. Uh, for me, I guess it is natural to, to just be super expressive and to express outwardly how, what I feel on the inside. Um, but also like grow, growing up, um, I, actually recently I was at my, not, not this last time I was at my parents, but like a previous time, they had all these old uh, tapes, like VCR tapes uh, of me playing when I was younger, like maybe 12 or 13 when I was doing classical concerts. And I was, I was like, I was so scared. Well, I was scared. I was really nervous. And I was, um, I didn't move at all. I looked like a, a zombie, like really, like it was way too, it was like way too much the other extreme, like, like a zombie that was like stoned or something. It was really, and like freaked out. And my eyes were always down. I, I couldn't even look at the audience you know and then when I walked my head was down my shoulders were all like hunched over like it was really um and and that's how I maybe it was a reflection of how I felt at the time as a kid because I wasn't very happy you know but um but I was also like super awkward, like super, like very socially awkward, super nerdy, super like, I just like, yeah, um, very unattractive. I went through some uh, extremely awkward, I think, uh, gro growing phases, you know? So, um, and now I'm not like that, but I, I actually had to consciously work through it because for me, it, like now I'm super talkative, but like, it's, it doesn't come naturally to me or it didn't come naturally to me. So again, it was really, that's why I'm such a, cause it happened to myself. So that's why I'm, I always say like, no, there's no such thing as like, you, you have to be a certain way. Anyone can learn to be any way if they really want to, um, to like push themselves and try to grow like a certain part of their personality or something. Um, and so, yeah, it's like going to the gym and working out your muscles and getting huge. You know, I don't do that, but like I've really tried to work on myself as like a as a person and uh, the way that I express myself. So I like think the turning point, um, the, the summer between seventh and eighth grade, because I didn't have any friends. So after I finished like practicing, I didn't have to go to school. I would go to the uh, the public library because um, it was free and it was air conditioned. Uh, so my my parents would sometimes drop off my brother and I there. Uh, and I was, I would read all these books and like, I, I was reading all those vampire novels, all the romance novels. So I was really into that. But, um, I like one day I like walked past a self-help section. I was like, self-help, what's that? I need help. Um, so <laughs> I went into the self-help, um, and I started reading all these books. That was when I first discovered makeup. I, I, I saw, I can't even remember his name. He's a makeup artist. Um, and the book was trans, it, it was, um, 
uh, what, what's the right word? Like uh, cross cross dressing. It's like, like he would take men and then put makeup on them and then turn them into these like not just like women, like gorgeous looking women. And I was like, what? You know, if that can turn into that, then I, you know, there's hope for me. <laughs> so I remember I studied like the entire makeup book about like facial structure, but and I was like in middle school, you know, like learning learning about that. Um, and then I read this book and it was about. Um, like, uh, I think it's like, uh, conditioning, you know, self-conditioning and again, like working on yourself as, as a person. And, um, and I read this passage about Marilyn Monroe, um, about how she practiced the way that she walked, how she would practice. I mean, I don't know if it's actually true, but rumor that for like two hours before she entered a room, like before she would practice how she would enter the room, like her voice is, she doesn't naturally speak like that. You know, her voice, everything was, um, and it's not fake. It's just like, it's practiced in a way where you're presenting yourself in a certain way or you're pushing yourself to become something. So I just, um, <clears throat> I found it really interesting. I hadn't thought about, you know, my posture. I never like walked and looked at myself in the mirror because that's just not something that you do usually. Um, so after I read that, I went home and there was like a mirror in the hallway um, and I started practicing like how I, w- I was walking. And I looked at myself, I'm like, oh my God. I'm so awkward, you know, I'm like, um, so I was, you know, and it was, it was like super awkward, but I would practice and I suddenly became aware of that. Like I was always hunching over. I was always with my head down, you know, always like really, um, like putting out the energy, like that I'm not confident, which I wasn't, you know, I'm like, you know, insecure and all this stuff. But I found that like the more that you pretend, the more that like my posture was better. And I like, even if I had a, you know, I was super nervous, but I pretended that, you know, I, I was fine and I smiled a little bit. Like suddenly people do like react differently because energy is differently. And then you end up feeling different. And then uh, like now, you know, ma- many years later, like it's really like, I've kind of, it's not like an act anymore. Like I've like, I, I guess I just like was able to find a different part of myself. And if you don't, I think actively try to work at something that's not how you currently are, you'll never discover it, you know? So, um, so I, I think that, you know, all of that. So for me, like performing on stage is exactly the same as how I am in real life. It's just an extension of like myself as a person. So the more I think that I worked on becoming more confident and trying to like, you know, f- figure myself out and like, you know, not, not be miserable and awkward and shy all the time. Um, and that also changed in my in my playing, in my performance. And um, with the electric cello now, like I feel like when I, when I play music, when I'm performing, uh, recording, I love doing too, but when I'm actually performing on stage and I'm like, nothing is like, I don't do anything. Cause I think, Oh, like I should, I don't know. I should like whip my hair this way. Like it really, it just comes naturally. It's like whatever I actually feel like whatever just randomly comes out, I do it. And, um, I think sometimes if you, if you haven't consciously worked on getting past all of those mental blocks where you think, Oh, I can't do that. That's going to look stupid or, Oh, that's too much. Or like, I just, I, I've stopped thinking completely, <laughs> which could be bad, you know, but, um, I've just completely stopped thinking. I'm completely in the moment. I'm not like, I just play, like you have to practice a lot first to make sure you don't actually have to, you know, remind yourself where you are, what you're playing, but to the point where everything is in muscle memory. So I don't like what, like, for example, the Hans Zimmer live show, we've played it so many times and we also toured it last year, but now like the, my, my mind is actually completely blank. You know, I'm just completely, you just play the music and you feel it. Um, and it's really, it's really nice to not be in, in, in my own head. Cause I do tend to overthink and overanalyze everything, um, normally, you know? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, our mm-hmm. final question um, mm-hmm. if you were stuck on a desert island and you could have only one music album and one video game to play for the rest of your life what would you pick and why oh my god yeah. 
That is okay. Um, I would play. Okay, if it, if it had to be only one type of music, I would I would have to revert back to classical music. Actually, I would um, the Shostakovich Piano Concerto, um, before recorded by his son, um, the second Piano Concerto. It's like a beautiful, really kind of sad, um, but beautiful like ethereal piece. I could listen to that forever. So I would listen to that. Um, and as far as a video game, you know, I got I got the Nintendo Switch. Um, so I've been playing Zelda, and I, I haven't had time. Of course, I also haven't had time to like continue. So I'm way behind. But um, it feels like so far that there's just endless possibilities possibilities and there's a lot of stuff you could do so I'll just say I would bring my switch with me in Zelda <laughs> nice. right well that's it for all our questions and it's been a really awesome interview and thank you so much for joining us it's been great thank you really appreciate it thanks so much Thank you for listening to the Sound Architect podcast, sponsored by Krotos Limited, creators of Simple Monsters and Dehumanizer. Don't forget you can also catch all of our great reviews and other articles at our website at www.thesoundarchitect.co.uk. If you would like to support The Sound Architect, please check out our sponsorship link as well as our Patreon.